1: Welcome to the Yards After College podcast powered by kslsports.com. I am with Sam Farnsworth of KSL Sports Live like I am every week on the podcast. I'm Kyle Ireland, your co-host. Sam, uh, you're at samsworth underscore KSL on Twitter. I don't know how much longer that's going to be the case. So everybody's freaking out today. It's uh, (laughs) Thursday, What is it? the 17th, and uh, all afternoon, it sounds like Twitter's about to go away, about to uh give up the
2: ghost so like uh, as a Sam, are sports fan are you gonna miss twitter if it goes away <laughs> so like sports fans love twitter right because it's a great it's a it's a place it's kind of like a gathering place where you can speak with with like-minded fans or people and and you know share your takes and whatnot it's also a place for great you know breaking news and breaking sports stories uh but i was just having this conversation with with matt glade our producer here at case sports live and we were both saying, you know what, if it disappeared, I don't think we'd miss it that much because it'd be like one less thing you have to (laughs) worry about on your device and stuff. Uh, My only question would be is if it did go away, what would take its place? Because it feels like something would have to, uh, either a new app or an existing app would have to emerge to take its place in this world of sports and news where things can break so quickly and where information can be shared so quickly, something would have to take its place. So that's the Right. If you're looking for, if you're looking for the relief of not having to deal with Twitter anymore, well, something else will take its place eventually.
1: So I know that you're probably like me. I have, I've got my notifications on for like Adam Schefter and Ian Rapport right. when they put out their tweets. But like for the NBA sake, it's like the Woj bomb, right? Like you don't really have, yeah, um, you know, a lot of other like expectation for breaking news other than like when shams or woach tweet and everybody gets that notification it's the same kind of thing for the nfl with those other two guys but like if that goes away like something's got to replace it right i mean i don't know if that's what i'm F- saying facebook's not really that outlet right. instagram's not really there like it, it'll, it'll be interesting if it actually does happen
2: yeah maybe facebook reemerges or something who knows it, uh, hey all i, I know, know sam
1: is kslsports.com will still be there for the That's masses right. to consume all of uh all of the local sports here in the state of utah um i don't want to i don't want to you know take up too much time on twitter because uh you know we've got a lot of football <laughs> to talk about sam it was a busy week in the nfl week number 10 of the season's crazy that we're already at this point but uh i wanted to to kind of start off I mean it was a jam-packed week and I I was kind of expecting there to be a little bit less you know Zach Wilson was on a bye with the Jets this week so I was like okay there's one Mm -hmm. thing that's not going to be on the radar Uh, Taysom didn't get in the end zone so like
2: you know
1: the the typical kind of every week you expect a little something from those guys and uh, there wasn't anything there but On the defensive side of things, there was a number of things that happened. A couple of former Utah standouts uh, made some big plays. I also wanted to talk real quick before we get into your three stars of the week. Uh, We've got Devin Lloyd, who's just seemingly making plays every single week that are impactful on the outcome of games. Um, They were playing the Chiefs this week, the Jaguars were, and he had another fumble recovery for the second straight week. Mm -hmm. Um, This one wasn't to seal the game because they ended up losing – Uh, It was early on in the game, but what do you think of Devin Lloyd and just like his emergence as such an impactful player midway through his rookie season? Like, I think that you picked him, if I'm not mistaken, to be rookie of the year um, for our locals. And I mean, I I don't, I don't know if I expected him, you know, he's doing the same kind of things that he was doing at the university of Utah on that same kind of level and impact for the Utes
2: that he is for the Jaguars. Yes, 100%. He's um, – I, I think – I. it's hard to say he's exceeding expectations. Maybe he is a little bit. But you have such high expectations for any first-round draft pick, especially first-round draft picks that are that are, um, being leaned on to contribute immediately. And you can say that about Devin Lloyd because he was put into the starting lineup immediately, right? Uh, yeah. Th- you have this Jag- Jaguars team that's been – kind of reconstructing its image over these past few years and they went defense heavy uh, more recently and it seems to be working they have a very solid defense and Devin Lloyd's right at the heart of it Uh, what I love about what we've seen from him so far is I just really feel like he's already cementing himself as a staple in in the center of the Jaguars defense for many many years to come similar to what we saw Bobby Wagner do in Seattle right this is going to be Devin Lloyd's time you know the uh, I guess you can say being passed you know from one local to another in a sense but um, man he's he's done just about everything you could ask of him to do this year everything that you would expect him to do like you said that we saw him do at the University of Utah the takeaways a couple of picks a couple of fumble recovers the tackles are there Um, coming in volume you know um, uh, this is this is what you expect he's he's going to be on that all rookie team he's going to be a pro bowler in his career i don't know i'm not saying this year already but uh (laughs) you you never know you never know right uh he's he's going to be one of those future all pro type linebackers and man the jaguars have a great one
1: i think it's cool because you know some of the most prominent like you know you talk about like the skill positions on offense right everybody cares about like quarterbacks and running backs wide receivers and stuff it's cool that on the offensive side of things, like. We have Jordan Love, Tyler Huntley, Zach Wilson, Taysom Hill, all these local quarterbacks. But then on the defensive side of things, like the quarterback of the defense is really those linebackers. And you've got Bobby Wagner, Fred Warner, uh, Sione Takitaki, and now Devin Mm -hmm. Lloyd, uh, Cody Barton, these guys that are just like standout linebackers. I think it's cool that such impactful positions are really being highlighted at a national level, but these guys all came from the state of Utah. It's pretty cool to see.
2: Yeah, it's becoming a linebacker factory. Whether they played high school ball here or came through college here, for sure, there, a lot of great ones are coming out here. Now, the one thing we haven't seen Devin do yet, but he's not being relied on to do, is sack the quarterback yet. Right? I, it'll happen someday eventually, but in <laughs> yeah. in his position, he's not really that that pass rushing threat, you know. But he can be because we saw him do that at the University of Utah. You know, one the one thing that stood out to me about this last week. Not not that it's that big of a deal, but the guy has played 90% or more of snaps in every single game until this last week. Played 60% of the snaps on defense, you know? And yet he was still very productive, but you noticed a few, like, you know, number of tackles he had in the game uh, was down a bit. Uh, but like you said, he still makes clutch plays at, at the right times. He had a, the, the fumble recovery. Um, gosh, man, it's hard to not keep talking about Devin Lloyd. There's just so much to be excited about with him.
1: Uh, One other local guy I want to mention just real quick, and we've talked about him a lot on the podcast this season, so we don't have to dive into it too much, but I think we need to mention it before we get to your three stars. And that's Jamal (laughs) Williams, who just lives in the end zone. He's building his, you know, his mansion inside of Detroit's end zone this season because he, he's just scoring almost every game, Sam. Uh, He had another touchdown and this one, uh, tied the game before the extra point to uh, give the lions, the victory over the bears in week 10. It's pretty cool. Uh, and you know, I, I mentioned it a few weeks ago, like Jamal, I didn't have like the highest expectations uh, for what he was going to do becoming the starting running back there in Detroit. And he's like blown those out of the water. Uh, he's made me look like a fool because I was like, you know, I don't <laughs> think he's going to be able to be a lead back with swift injured and kind of banged up this season. No, no, Jamal Williams, he's been able to be RB1 for them, no problem at all. Uh, Jamal just seemingly just continues to, you know, score and find the end zone week after week.
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. He's superseded every expectation I, I had for Jamal. You know, Jamal is a guy that has carved out a spot for himself in the NFL as a complimentary back, a back, a very physical back, someone that you can rely upon in, you know, short short yardage situations. Um, you know, he's going to bring a lot of energy to the football field as well as to the locker room, which uh, NFL teams love locker room guys. They love having those, you know, Aaron Rodgers, huge fan of Jamal Williams and that reputation alone, you know, is, is going to follow him. I'm sure he's developed a huge, um uh, I don't know, fandom, I, I guess, you know, of, of his teammates there in Detroit as well. This is a guy that just on that alone will buy you more and more opportunities in the NFL because people want you in the locker room. But then here he is this year getting into the end zone as often as he is. uh, He's proving to be a very quality uh, piece to the Detroit Lions offense. And when they need to get a touchdown, especially when they're inside that 10-yard line, Jamal's a guy that they can lean on to do that. And so I'm excited to see where his career goes from here in Detroit, though, right, to see if this is something that we see more repetitively. Is this a step that he took in his career? A little later in his career you know to um to becoming a more productive player in the nfl i don't know we'll have to find out
1: all right sam it's the time that i've been waiting for that everybody else has been waiting for <laughs> uh i want to find out your three stars of the week uh are they unpredictable picks are they obvious picks uh let's start off sam with your three stars of the week number three. Third star
0: It's been the type of physical game we've come to expect. Another big run on a day of big runs for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Must have been a high hurdler in high school, because that's perfect hurdle form as Warren goes over the top and then down the sideline. Pickett, Warren first out. Nice and simple play for Pittsburgh to move the chains. Gain a seven to the rookie, Warren.
2: There you go. I think that's the unpredictable one. Uh, star number three, Jalen Warren. I, you know what? I've been wanting to get him in there all season just for a lot of the things he does when he's not uh, touching the football. That The guy's a beast uh, in pass blocking, um, run blocking, just whatever. If you watch some of the videos I've seen other people break down his videos uh, earlier this season of him just going out there and just mowing over linebackers when he's blocking. And Uh, now he's getting more and more and more trust from his coaching staff, from his quarterback, from his offense, and more opportunities. And it's not like he did anything earth-shattering this last week, but I love it. Three catches for 40 yards. He had a 26-yard reception. He had nine carries for 37 yards. That's 4.1 per carry. I think we talked about it last week on this podcast. If you're averaging four yards per carry, you're doing just fine in the NFL. And uh, that's what he did in that game. He had a 21-yard long uh, in the game as well. Jalen Warren's one of these guys that – He just takes those little steps every week to gain more and more trust. And he hasn't done anything to uh, dissuade his coaches from giving him more and more opportunities. And so this is a guy I'm really excited about what the future holds for him. The former East High School standout. Uh, Man, he's a little bowling ball out there. And he's proven to be electric, too, and, and reel off big chunk yardage.
1: Hey, he's one of the most local of the locals. He's got East on his resume, Snow College. Uh, Utah State obviously finished his career at Oklahoma State but Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's cool that Jay Lamorland Jaylen Lamorland kind of fits into like that young core that uh, Pittsburgh is building because they've obviously got Kenny Pickett now as their quarterback Mm -hmm. but Najee Harris a couple years in the league now uh, you've got you know a really young nucleus there that they can build around and I think that he's showing that he's definitely going to be a part of that moving forward all right Sam who's up next
2: second star four man rush Prescott throws end zone
0: Schultz and touchdown Dallas you're going to see Dalton Schultz he's just going to run a simple drag route and he's just going to outrun the coverage the safety Adrian Amos is just late to kind of rally to that to his zone
2: All right. Uh, I, I don't remember having him in, in my list uh, this season or not already, but Dalton Schultz, obviously he's been, you know, out first and then appearance when, on the three stars, Sam. Yeah. I mean, but he, it's fun to see him when Dak Prescott's healthy and going too they just have that connection. And yeah. we, we've noticed it these past couple of weeks. And then of course on Sunday, he gets into the end zone, six catches, 54 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, the former being a minor is just, this is a guy who's an all pro level tight end. He's very effective in what Dallas wants to do offensively. And especially you just see that connection that he has with Dak Prescott. It makes me excited to, uh, I'm you know, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I want Dak Prescott to, to succeed because I know when he's in there, Dalton's getting more targets and, and receptions as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, you've got Dak who was banged up earlier in the season, uh, missed a bunch of games. Dalton, he missed a couple of games there as well, Mm -hmm. but you saw with those injuries where, you know, week one, he was targeted nine times and then his targets immediately went down and obviously injury played into that and he missed a game. But last, you know, three weeks or so he's gone uh, five targets, seven targets and eight targets. And then he finally gets into the end zone for the first time this season. So I think, that you know, for him, it's kind of difficult because last season he got into the end zone eight times and it was just, you know, mm-hmm. every other game, Dalton Schultz, uh, Dalton Schultz is scoring touchdowns for the Cowboys there. Uh, I, I hope that, you know, like you mentioned there, Dak getting back on the same page with him, having those guys both be healthy now. And it's not like the Cowboys have a bad record either. They've been able to manage. Right. You know getting wins without having their you know guys fully be healthy on the offensive side of things so hopefully you know they can continue to have that chemistry build back as they uh they move throughout the second half of the season here all right sam i uh i don't know i don't know who you're gonna go with for uh number <laughs> one i already i already mentioned jamal so i don't i don't think you're going with uh him but who, who do you got for your number one this week
2: well here it is
1: One
0: of the most meaningful snaps
1: you've
0: Six and a half to go, Brady. Picked oh. off! Picked off by Cody Barton! What a huge Interception! Seattle has new life. He's got those safeties
2: wide. He's just trying to get it up over the top. All right, there you go. Number one star. I think this is the first time he's also made my three stars uh, this week, but we're going with Seahawks linebacker, former Brighton Bengal, former Utah Ute, Cody Barton. I mean, shoot. He's probably overdue to get get on my list, but um, nine tackles this past week against Tampa Bay. But the big story is that Cody Barton picked off his first pick of the season, picked off uh, Tom Brady, who had almost the NFL record, had 399 consecutive passes without an interception. I think the record was like 402. It it wasn't many more, right, before uh, he could – go past aaron Rodgers' nfl record but there's cody barton the uh the local in the nfl to blow that up and and ruin tom brady's day i guess but uh i you know i'm gonna give him some love because this this is one of those guys that's uh, another example of just the work ethic in the nfl that gets you opportunities and then doing the most with those opportunities and here he is nine tackles and a pick against tampa bay on sunday
1: Yeah, pretty crazy. He's four years into the league, finally gets his first interception, and it's Mm -hmm. on a big stage. I mean, I will say this much, Sam, and we can talk about the international games here in a little bit, but that Munich game, I mean, after all these London games, 7.30 in the morning, it's a little early for football. I'm just going to say it's a little (laughs) early for football. I'm sitting there you know, trying to caffeinate myself as I'm watching Cody Barton, and then I'm like, oh, okay. There goes Cody. He gets the interception off of Tom, <laughs> Tom Brady in the morning. There, pretty cool though. Pretty cool moment to have it be against the goat, but also, you know, it wasn't just jumbled in with the the mix of morning games there at 11 a.m. Mountain. So pretty cool
2: to see Cody Barton get that pick. All right. So there they are. Those are my three stars this week. But we also have a very big star joining our show this week, Kyle. Coming up next when we we're, we're take a little short break here, but coming up right after this. We are going to be joined by a former BYU Cougar and a current Washington commander. It's Dax Milne joining the show next.
0: I'm Dave Cawley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home.
2: KSL Sports Live and KSLSports.com. We cover all platforms here. Uh, Kyle Ireland and Sam Farnsworth here with you. And we have a special guest joining us now on the show this week. It's Washington Commanders wide receiver, former BYU Cougar, Dax Milne. Dax, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate your time. No problem.
3: Pleasure to be here.
2: Awesome. Dax, I want to get started. I want to ask you just a little bit about just the whole process of becoming an NFL player. You know, drafted in the seventh round uh, two drafts ago. I'm sure in and of itself just being drafted is a pretty surreal moment, but then you go through your first rookie camp, then your first training camp, first preseason game, first regular season, you know, the whole progression that it is in becoming an NFL player at what point, or was there a point Dax, for you that you realized, you know, Hey, I can do this. This is something I can do. I know I can, I can succeed here at the NFL level.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's quite a process. Uh, right from the beginning, uh, you're just constantly getting tested. Um, and there's, there's some natural, uh, doubts that come in, uh, for anyone that comes into the the league or something, doing something new. Uh, so it's, for me, it's, it's been a a steady process of just believing in myself and, um, through that, just continuing to make plays and practice and put the repetitions in. And through that, I've just been able to gain a lot of confidence and, um, there's just been various points throughout my rookie year and this year where it's like, wow, you know, I can really uh, make a staple on this uh, on this league and on this team, and so I'm excited to to keep doing that and see what the future holds for me.
2: I I know the learning progression; it never ends in an NFL career. But what would you say has been the biggest difference between year one and year two so far for you?
3: Yeah, yeah, like you said, it never ends. Um, I'd say the biggest progression for me is. Has been recognizing uh, defenses, and especially in the in the run game, that's been uh, the mainly the role that I've been taking on is is uh is being a good blocker for this team, and then seizing any opportunity I have on in the pass game. But for the run game, it's it's been a a great learning process recognizing uh you know who's who on defense and and uh, knowing the right technique to use on on what blocks and and uh, getting the job done there.
1: Yeah, Dax, you, uh, you guys have won three out of your last four. It seems like you guys are peaking, you know, right at the right time here in midseason. And you were a big part of that in week nine when you caught your first touchdown. Can you just go back to that moment where you caught that touchdown pass
3: against the Vikings and what that meant to you to finally get into the end zone? Yeah, that was, uh, definitely one of the memories I'll cherish uh, forever. Um, first touchdown in the NFL is a big deal for anyone and and for me uh i had a lot of opportunities to get it last year but you know not everything uh went right and that's what has to happen uh, as a receiver to have success you know everything has to go right and the line has to make the blocks the um quarterback has to read the defense correctly and put the ball on you and you have to get open ultimately and so um everything lined up uh week nine and i'm just uh grateful that uh, you know, everyone uh, was able to do their job and, and things worked out. It it meant a lot to me um, to be able to say, you know, I, I've scored in the NFL and I know I can, I can keep doing those kind of things throughout the future. So you've obviously been utilized at multiple positions there as a receiver, but also in the return game on special teams. Does yeah.
1: there take a different mindset when you switch positions there when you're, you know, you're back returning punts
3: or kicks and then you all of a sudden have to go out on offense
1: on a on the subsequent drive or whatever to, to be
3: a wide out? Yeah, I, I would say so. It's definitely a, a shift in mindset. Um, but they both have similarities for sure. You know, possession is is the main priority um, on offense and especially uh, returning the ball. Making sure you have it and securing it, um, and I and I kind of I kind of like viewing the, getting those punt returns as just getting a pass because you know I don't get a lot of uh, targets on offense, so I just, I view it as a little target back there, and I'm able to just
2: um, try to get loose. Well, uh, Dax, it's been a lot of fun seeing you uh, throughout this season and in your career so far I want to ask you one thing uh, just from your perspective from your teammates in the commander's locker room and from others you may rub shoulders with throughout the NFL what kind of reputation does BYU football have in the NFL at this point just more and more players from the program are making it at the NFL level
3: yeah yeah it's great to see that um it's 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 very fun seeing uh former teammates and even just you know BYU guys that I didn't play with but are in the league now um it's so fun seeing them and talking to them and I think uh yeah I think we're continuing to just kind of build that reputation for BYU um, um that we put a lot of guys in the league and have some quality players um so it's it's fun when when people ask me you know what college I went to and
2: um saying BYU and just and, and seeing their reaction it's it's a uh, pretty fun that's awesome. Well, Dax, we wish you the best of luck. We hope your NFL journey continues for many, many seasons to come, and uh, we want to thank you for your time today. We really appreciate it.
3: Thank you Thanks, so much. Dax. Appreciate you guys.
1: All right, there he was, Dax Milne, second year wide out from BYU, now with the Commanders. Sam, really cool. I, I loved what Dax had to say there about you, know, you, you asked him about that jump from year one to year two. Uh, mm-hmm. He also talked a little bit about his first touchdown there. I think that those are you know obviously he's kind of transitioning still learning how to be an NFL player but you've seen his his impact on the field with that touchdown with being able to be such a reliable guy on special teams for them he's making that impact that's going to keep him in the league for years it's it's one of those things where you you kind of wonder as these guys come out of college into the NFL how they're going to make their mark and Dax is certainly doing that so far.
2: Yeah. You can tell that, you know, you can never get comfortable in the NFL. The moment you get comfortable is the moment you're going to lose lose your job and, and be out of the league. And you can tell that he's one of those guys that knows that, that understands that that's one of the things he's learned already in his first uh, year plus in the league that, that he just can't get comfortable. He's got to keep working hard, um, making those plays. I love how he, his approach to punt returning is like grabbing a reception Right. So that he you just don't get to have that many opportunities to touch the football. But that's one of those opportunities, things like that. He treats every little part of his game with with very specific detail, you know, to to succeed and be the best that he can. Uh, and I think that's the right approach. Otherwise, uh, his his tenure in the NFL might not <laughs> right. be that long. But but, I, you know, I'm excited for his future. And and, I, you know, one other thing I love that he said there at the end about, um he almost made it sound like a lot of players are surprised when he tells them that he, he played at BYU, you know? So, but, but, but the reputation of more and more players uh, out of, out of BYU making it to the NFL. Hey, is they're so surprised
1: because there's not a lot of BYU wideouts in the NFL. That's, that's the that's real true. reason. It doesn't they're all, they're at often. these other position groups. Dax is making yep. his mark as a wideout and a, and a, Hey, we've got multiple returners, We've got Rashid Shaheed, we've got Dax, Bill, yeah. we've got Britton Covey. It's pretty cool that these position groups really are being highlighted from from the Beehive State. Uh, like I said, there with uh, Dax is you know they've won three out of their last four. They're now five and five. They're totally in the hunt in the NFC East there for a playoff spot. Uh, Dax and the Commanders are going to be back in action on the twentieth uh, against the Houston Texans. That game kicks off at eleven a.m. Mountain. All right, Sam, I uh, I teased it a little earlier that I wanted to talk about these international games. Uh, we obviously had the Munich game last week. This week is the last international game of the season. It's on Monday night, and as we kind of look forward to uh, to this next upcoming week, uh, we've got the 49ers and Cardinals. They're playing in Mexico City. Now, the Mexico City, they had a game a couple of years ago that, that was okay with the Chiefs, but uh, back, I want to say, it was 2018 now um they had a game it was the chiefs and the chargers or no rams it was mm-hmm. the rams and that game got uh moved because of the field conditions uh, weren't suitable for the NFL to be uh, uh holding a game there but now we're back 2022 going to Mexico City do you like these international games do you like the fact that you know, I know a lot of these teams don't want to take these home games away and play them overseas, but you've got right. Germany now, you've got London, and now Mexico City is going to be having their fourth game um, this season between the 49ers and Cardinals. Are you a fan? Would you like to see more? There are going to be more, Sam, so you don't really have a choice, but I just want
2: to get your opinion. Do you like it? So I'm. it's growing on me quite quite quickly, actually. And with the 17-game schedule now, it's a lot easier for teams to accept playing a game overseas when they can still get eight home games in in a regular season right and so um, this is something so I, I always kind of felt like you know football American football is very much an American sport and maybe a little bit of a Canadian sport but that was it it's an expensive sport to play it requires a lot of equipment a lot of you know training different type of training you know it's just something you didn't see Around the world, and I could never fathom it really becoming a world sport. You know, you had NFL Europe back in the day; uh, it, it didn't really work out. But here's what I will say about this, and and I'll just base it off my own personal experience. You know, I went on a, a an LDS Church mission to Brazil, and back in the late 90s, when I went, hardly anyone there knew anything about American football. You'd bring it up, you'd talk to them. You know, they knew some things about the NBA. They didn't know anything about American football. Well, fast forward to when I went to Super Bowl 48 to cover the Denver Broncos. I sit on a a media bus going to a press conference. I sit down and turn to my left, and there's a guy sitting next to me representing ESPN Brazil covering the Super Bowl. And I'm like, that's interesting. So I start talking to him about it, and he starts telling me how huge the NFL world is in Brazil now, how much it's grown. And you're not just seeing it there. It's all over the world. The way this sport is growing – all over the world in its popularity. Whether they'll be able to sustain leagues of their own or teams of their own someday, I don't know. But the fan base is growing rapidly all over the world, and the NFL is taking their sport to them. So I like it. I like that they're doing this. They're not only growing. And, and, hey, when you think of the commissioner and owners, they want to make as much money as they can out of this, so they do think globally. But from a standpoint of just the sport of football, getting more. Uh, notoriety more fandom more understanding of how that game is played on a global scale it's pretty cool to see and you know the broncos were in were in uh london a couple of weeks ago and uh some of my colleagues that i worked with in colorado were posting videos of just all these fans that they'd interviewed from several european countries not just britain that came to that game to see american football for the first time in person and uh man i'll tell you what i I am sold now on them playing multiple overseas games, whether they're in Europe, South America, where I would love to see them take a game to Brazil uh, and see how that goes. Uh, it's not that big of a time jump uh, to see them do that someday. But I think it, I think it's working, even though, as you mentioned, in the past there have been hiccups like the field conditions in uh, uh, Estadio Azteca, but shoot. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a huge success again Monday night with, with this game between the uh, the Cardinals and Forty ers
1: Yeah, I think I think I agree with you completely there. I I would love to see games be played like on every continent. Uh, you know, having Brazil. I mean, imagine like in Sao Paulo, like that would be so cool yeah. to have a game there. Or,
2: or where, like I mean, they've got a, sta- they've, got a stadium, they've got a stadium in Rio that holds you know close to 200,000 people you know 150,000 yeah can you imagine that place just packed for an NFL game I mean yeah
1: oh yeah no totally I mean Tom Brady after this Munich game he said it was one of the best or I think he said great one of the great football experiences he's ever had in his career that's a lot you know coming from Tom Brady and all the things that he's experienced seven Super Bowl titles you know like it's pretty mm-hmm. cool to to hear him say that uh, so I'm definitely gonna have my eye on that Monday night football game between the Niners and the Cardinals um, that kicks I've Kicks off at 615 on ESPN. Sam, are there any other games that you're looking forward to this next week? I think that there's, you know, some pretty, pretty interesting matchups.
2: Well, it's always a big weekend when the silver and black take on the orange and blue, no matter how bad those two teams are this year. There's a lot going into this game back in Denver with just That's going to be a bad football game, Sam. That that is a bad (laughs) football game. I don't care. Josh McDaniels is going back to Denver as a head coach for the first time since he was the Broncos head coach. He might be Um, leaving as
1: a non-coach though. I mean, he might be staying in Denver.
2: (laughs) Wouldn't that be kind of fitting if his last game as a head coach with the Raiders came in Denver with a loss to the Broncos? I'll tell you what. Broncos, that would make Broncos fans season, no matter how poorly this has been going. So, But, you know, rivalries are always great. So for me, that's uh, obviously um, that's that's a game that's going to have a lot of my attention.
1: Yeah, I think that that's a good one just because of the divisional rivalry there. Uh, I think that the game that I'm most keen to look at on uh, Sunday morning is the Jets versus the Patriots, because the Patriots, you know, they they thumped the Jets pretty good a few weeks ago. I'm interested to see how Zach Wilson rebounds against them. It's kind of been a a topic of conversation. I know that uh, Zach had some interesting comments this week about, you know, kind of the criticism that he's facing. And uh, you've got some sound for us on that, Sam.
2: Yeah, yeah. He spoke on Thursday uh, to the media in New York about that. They were kind of criticizing him. And for the first time, I think, in his NFL career, Zach kind of stood up for himself and snapped back a little bit it's short but uh this is this is what he had to say i thought there were good emotions i mean i was frustrated and you know i still believe nobody outside of this building knows what they're talking about so uh,
3: well i do, do um, you? I, I, yeah I do.
2: why'd you turn down a coaching position who told you that
0: <laughs> <laughs> are you in a good headspace right now
2: yeah great headspace. you know we're winning football games you know we're we're, we're, we're where we want to be and and there's still so much to improve on and so from a team aspect, you know we're excited with where we're at, and this can be a great challenge for us. So yeah, basically, uh, you know, standing up for himself with that last game the, against the Patriots, throwing those three picks, he understands that he made mistakes. Coach Robert Sala was defending him too in in the weekly press conference, basically just saying, "Hey guys, look, you you guys are are you know hanging hanging them out to dry for these interceptions. I look at it as three opportunities to learn and to get better. He still had a career high yardage in that game 355 yards he had two touchdowns in that game Um, and so it's easy to to focus especially in New York and especially for the quarterback position to focus on the mistakes made Um, but you know that's a part of the growth and it'll be interesting to see we talked about it before in the podcast it'll be interesting to see where Zach goes from here and this game in New England it's a big opportunity to you know he he said at the microphone to shut up the critics now he's got to do it on the field
1: All right, one last game to mention. Shameless plug, uh, Sunday Night Football on KSL 5 TV at 6.20 p.m. You've got the Chiefs versus the Chargers. It's going to be a pretty good game, another divisional game there, Sam, but the Chiefs look pretty unstoppable right now. Uh, You got McCall Hardman, actually, I think went on IR, though, so uh, Chiefs are down one of their talented skill position guys, but it really doesn't seem like it matters who's out there for Patrick Mahomes. He's just going to win the MVP no matter what. Um, so I'm interested to watch that game as well. But uh, before we wrap up today, Sam, do you have anything you want to plug on KSL Sports Live for the weekend?
2: Once again, we've uh, we're going to have another just awesome show. We're going to have our state championship high school football for our five A and six A classifications here in the state of Utah. But uh, as always, Jeremiah just does an outstanding job at at kind of just summing up every single local that that did anything relevant through the weekend of the nfl uh week and so we'll have that on as well we'll have multiple segments stevenson sylvester who played in the nfl with the pittsburgh steelers joins us every week and he helps break it all down as well so if you're a football fan there's no better place to show up than to ksl sports live on sunday nights
1: he's sam farnsworth you can find him on twitter for as long as twitter exists at Samsworth (laughs) underscore ksl you can find me at kyle ireland And then uh, be sure to check out kslsports.com and download the KSL Sports app. We're going to have a lot of football content, content all weekend long. We'll be back again next week.